0: Hallelujah, hallelujah Jesus, hallelujah Jesus, thank you Jesus. Is anybody thankful this morning, is anybody thankful this morning, can we give God a hand clap of praise, we love you, we need you Jesus, thank you God, you found me when I was at my worst, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I say it often and I can't help myself. I grew up a little bit after the hymn books were super popular and they had these little praise books. They were at my church. They were little green books and they were full of 7-Eleven songs. They were about 11 words and you'd sing them about seven times and you'd sing them over and over and over. And they, they were powerful. Some of them just powerful songs. And there was one song that just stuck with me in my spirit. And it said, if you knew me before I knew him, you'd understand why I love him you don't get it. If it wasn't for Jesus and Him crucified and what He did on that cross to save me from my sins I don't know where I would be but Jesus died and He got a hold of my life and He made it able that I could walk right, walk according to His word and I could follow after Him and so I might get a little crazy, I might dance, sing a little louder but it's because if it wasn't for Him I'd be a mess. And I'm so thankful on this Easter morning for what he did, not just for me, but for all mankind. Praise God. Praise God. So glad again that you are here. You may be seated. Why, AC kids, you're going to hang out with us. Pastor's going to be quick. I promise. I'll do my best to keep you uh, not too long. I know it is Easter. You've got family, and I'm so glad. I believe God's given me a word for this church, for us, on this Easter Sunday. It is so good to know that He has risen. That He has risen indeed. And so here we are, gathering together as a body of believers on this Easter Sunday, Sunday, not just to remember who Jesus was, but to celebrate who He is. We celebrate the resurrection. And all around the world today, Christians have been coming together to remember the fact that the tomb is empty. It was empty then, and it's still empty today. And it's good to remember on a day like today, this Easter Sunday, it's good to be reminded that What we now consider to be a victorious defeat of death was at that time considered the humiliating loss of a Messiah. Many people on that Good Friday, that first Good Friday, it was not a Good Friday. Those disciples had lost their leader. That movement of the way had lost the one that was showing them and speaking of a new kingdom that was coming. And in the eyes of many, Easter was almost the holiday that never was because so many thought it was ending in defeat, ending in disaster. In this room, I'm sure I have enough people that love a good underdog story you can't help yourself it's like they 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 put out so many hallmark movies they have put out so many different variations of so many different underdog stories so and so wasn't able to he he didn't get a date to his high school prom right but then man, that underdog, he worked hard, and all of a sudden, by the end of the movie, he's the hunk, right, and he's going out with that girl that dumped him in in high school, And and everyone's like, yeah, the underdog, in 2017, my wife and I, we had the privilege of doing some missions work in the Middle East, we were in Oman, and we were there during the Super Bowl, 2017. For those of you that don't remember, it was Atlanta against New England and Tom Brady. Now, over here in America, the Super Bowl typically starts about 8 a.m. or or 8 p.m. or so, but we were in the Middle East. And so it was about 3 a.m. and I had set my alarm to wake up to watch the Super Bowl in the Middle East. Well, if you don't know, please come with me on this quick story. But Atlanta broke out into a huge lead. In fact, they went to halftime, and it was 28 to 3. One of the largest leads ever for a Super Bowl halftime. I remember it was now about 4, 4.30 in the morning, and I remember thinking to myself, what am I still doing awake? This is a massacre. This is, this, is, this is embarrassing. And my wife wasn't awake. Like, she was like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> you, she did say, hey, want to wake me up for the halftime show and we'll see if it's good? And then she's like, but she didn't even want to wake up for that. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to go to bed after the first drive. Because if there's anybody that can come back, From 28 to 3, it's Tom Brady. And I'm so glad I did. Atlanta would begin to make some awful play calls. And and New England would begin to start to click at the right times. And quickly that 28 to 3 lead completely evaporated. And New England would go on to overcome those immeasurable odds, and bring victory to their team. It was quite a story. It was just one example of a heartwarming victory, underdog story that seemed incredibly unlikely. And there are many, many more. Not just in the world of sports, but countless have overcome brokenness. Victory snatched from the jaws of defeat there's people in this room you could tell the stories my life shouldn't be where it is the odds were stacked against me but I stayed focused I stayed true to who God called me to be and I came out on the other side but can I tell you there's never quite been a comeback like the one that took place on that Easter morning after three years of earthly ministry, Jesus was arrested for his claims of being the Son of God. He preached the good news. He, he talked about sacrifice, personal sacrifice, laying your life down. And he's doing these miracles, these signs, and these wonders. And the Pharisees, the religious folks of the day, they wanted to see this Jesus extinguished. Because he was starting to pry the control they had away. The Roman government wanted this man dead because of the following he had gained. And they saw it as a threat to their power. And then finally, Satan. Satan wanted to kill Jesus because it would ensure his own unthreatened rule of this earth. And so the crucifixion, that cross, was where all three of these ideologies, all three of these powers came into one place to take out this one man. And so Jesus, he was nailed to a wooden cross, lifted up on that hill, Golgotha, between two thieves, one on his right, one on his left, he was bloody, naked, and shamed. It's amazing scripture would tell us that you couldn't even tell what that man looked like because he was beaten so badly. John 19, do you have that scripture there, Maddie? 19, 28 to 34. Later, knowing that everything had been had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, gave up his spirit, Now it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Finally, verse 34. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. This story of our Jesus on his final days reveals all those prophetic scriptures that were written of him in Jeremiah and Isaiah and many of the other prophets. And here, all those prophecies were coming fruition it's amazing if you you can actually google it but if you look at the percentage or 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 just the odds of just one of the prophecies coming true about jesus it was very low but then you make it like 10 of those prophecies about the same person those odds become astronomical the fact that there's close to 300 prophecies about this man and they all came true it, it just, it, it's not even really possible except for God made it possible I'm telling you there's prophecies in our Bible that are still coming to pass even now there's many in this room, you, you've read of the end of times, you've read of scriptures, uh, uh, of the state of our world that we live in right now, and you're like, well, I'm just going to write that off as coincidence. Hey, please don't do that. The Bible is giving fair warning. It's giving a little bit of a, hey, listen up, it's coming to pass. The same way that Jesus fulfilled those scriptures, these scriptures are still being fulfilled today. but all these prophecies are coming to fruition and what many people saw as disaster a foiled plan was all part of god's plan from the very beginning the final words from his lips it is finished after he says this he he gives up his spirit and breathes his last scripture tells us that a roman soldier came to check the three men who had been crucified the men on each side were not quite dead so they broke their legs which would have caused them to suffocate since they could no longer hold their bodies up but Jesus he he had already expired the spear in his side was the evidence of the fact that he was You can only imagine the feelings of those that were sitting around the base of that cross. The man that they believed was the one sent by God. The one that was going to redeem mankind that would rescue the world and here he is lifeless on a cross. The Pharisees they thought they'd won. The Roman government thought they'd won. Satan and evil were confident that they had won. Jesus was finished. There he was, lifeless on a cross. It looks like all hope had been lost and the plan that God had in place had a major setback. The beauty of Easter is that many of us today can relate to these feelings of things in life being finished, feeling like it is finished. Some of you in this room listening to me today know this thing of experiencing a setback in your life. Maybe it's a loss of a job or that, 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 that has maybe brought some discouragement. Maybe it's a diagnosis that is heartbreaking and feels too big to overcome. The loss of a friendship, a loved one, or a dream all can be devastating and can feel like it's finished in our life it can feel like a death if you know what it feels like to be broken ashamed hopeless and lost then the story of easter is one for you this morning chapter 19 of john is not the last chapter Jesus spoke, it is finished, but that wasn't the end. The story continues for two more chapters and when Jesus says that it is finished, what he really is saying is that he has accomplished what he had set out to do. But now things have just begun. Mankind has been redeemed and what the first Adam and how the first Adam had brought sin into the world, the second Adam had now made a way to get back to God. No matter how dark things may seem in the present, the hope of Easter is that nothing is over until Jesus says it's over. After Jesus was crucified, his, his body was laid in a tomb. And three days after his defeat, early in the morning, a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to finish anointing Jesus' body. She had resigned herself to this thought. It's over. It's dead. It's You know, It, it was a good thought. I wish it would have panned out, but it didn't. And so she's resigned herself the hopes and dreams she had are, are now dashed and here she is in this new world where Jesus is no longer around but to her surprise things are not as she ex- expected. John 20 11 through 17 now Mary stood outside the tomb crying and as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and she sees two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Well, they have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they have put him. At this point, she turned around and saw Jesus. Does that just do something to your spirit a little bit? Have you been there? find yourself in a prayer closet you find yourself in a moment where you don't know what else to do and there stood jesus but she did not realize that it was jesus He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, uh, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Against all odds, the tomb is empty. Mary believes that that the body's stolen, but she doesn't even realize at first that Jesus is right there this whole time. Sometimes it can be hard to believe, even when we see it with our own eyes. Like New England... Mounting that comeback from behind against Atlanta. There's many times in comeback stories where you're like, I, I just can't even, if I, if I hadn't seen it for my own self, I don't know if I could have believed it. But the truth is that Jesus, his death on the cross was not a setback, like everyone thought, but instead it was a necessary work for Jesus to make a holy comeback and to defeat sin and death once and for all. Some of you feel like you are in the midst of a setback. Probably Joel Osteen said it, but the setback can be a setup for where God's wanting to take you. But we can look at our setback and feel like it's finished. But if we could recognize God is intervening, God is intertwining my story, He's making it the way He needs it to be, and I can trust Him through it all. It doesn't feel comfortable. There's nothing, very little comfortable about trusting Jesus all the time. But He brings hope, and He brings peace, and He brings joy when it doesn't even make sense to have some of those telling you this morning our God is wanting to do something great in every life and through every life what it looks like is different for all but that empty tomb that empty tomb there is no greater image of living hope than that empty tomb You know, many times the tombs would be borrowed. They'd wait till the body began to decay and they would move the body out and use the resting place for another body. But here was Jesus saying there's no decay going to be happening. There's just going to be life. The hope that we have in our Jesus is the empty tomb and what that does for us is that if jesus can overcome death what can he not overcome in our lives nothing can withstand his power and that should fill all of us with an incredible joy and an incredible hope That yes, I'm facing some bleak situations, and if you got down here and talked to me one-on-one, I would probably tell you, it is finished. But if I can remind myself of that empty tomb, I can remind myself that God has all power in heaven and in earth, and He is able to meet me right where I am. If we could all stand this morning. truth is that our hope is not found in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. And I'm thankful for that crimson blood. I'm thankful for that blood that makes my sins white as snow. He washes me clean. But our hope for the life beyond this life is found in that resurrection power. Our hope is found in the fact that he left that tomb empty, that he is alive and well, and he is working in and through us even now. And this is why we don't have to be devastated by things in our lives that feel like setbacks because those setbacks perhaps could be setting us up for our holy comeback. 1 Peter 1 and 3. Peter says it perfectly as he writes to the early church about the resurrection of Jesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have been given a new birth and a living hope. And Easter today I hope that it reminds you that the mercy and grace of God that has been given to each of us. We have not earned this living hope. Did you know on your best day, I know this is so hard to hear, because there are some people in here, you like to collect gold stars. You like to be on time every day. And you like to do your work every day, and you feel productive, and then you go home, and you put the gold star on the kitchen, on on the refrigerator. But did you know Scripture tells us that on my best day, my, my righteousness is like filthy rags? And that's why Scripture tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We don't deserve it on our best day. We're not able to rescue ourselves from this sin. We were not able to, 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 to make things better and build back, you know, we never would. It was Jesus and what he did on that cross. It was Jesus in the way that he left that tomb empty. And so this morning, before we leave this place, I would love for us to come and pray together because there's some in here you've been looking for that hope you've been looking for that peace you've been looking for that spirit of god you're you're looking at some situations in your life right now and all you can say is hey it's finished it's over i tried my best with that relationship and it's not getting any better I've tried my best to handle that or handle this the best way I know to do and it's not getting any better. But this morning, that same God who came back from the dead is in this place today to meet you right where you are. To let you know that His grace is still sufficient. That His mercy is still new every morning. And so as our band begins to play, And as our singers begin to sing, would you just step out from the row that you're in? Would you come up to this front? Would you find a place maybe in the rows, but would you just find a place where you can lift up your hands and say, God, I need you. I need you to intervene where I'm at. You've seen me at my lowest. You see how I'm saying it's finished. And if you don't intervene, God, I don't see any other way. But I trust that you're able to intervene. God, I know that if you are able to come back from the dead, you can meet me right where I am. In Jesus' name.